What's your family's take on stand-up comedy? I think th- I've had some, like, run-ins with relatives, you know, yeah. in the past yeah. where it's like you need to make a public apology or <laughs> it, you know, that kind of thing. But this is, like, way before anyone even knew who I was. I'm like, public to who? Like, my, <laughs> my Facebook? It, you know. Wait a minute. Public, we got to go to the public apology. Yeah. Was it over a specific joke? Yeah, it was a joke I told about my grandmother who I never met, who was an alcoholic. And basically, it was like when we were voting for Hillary or something, people were dedicating their votes to other women. And I think I said that I was dedicating my vote to my grandmother, um, not because she would have voted for Hillary, but because she was too drunk to drive to the polls or something. It's a great joke. (laughs) It was, you know, it was like an easy, fun, I thought it was fun, Mm -hmm. but my family was not. Whimsical. Yeah. Yeah. It's a whimsical (laughs) joke about alcoholism, (laughs) about a woman who died of alcoholism. Oh my God. (laughs) That is the voice of the great Rosebud Baker. Rosebud Baker's a returning champion. One of my favorite comics. Uh, She is back, and since then, she became a writer on SNL. She became a mom, and she's just just one of my favorite comics. That that was always one of my favorite episodes. Before we get going, I just want to tell you this week, I'm heading to the Pacific Northwest. We're kicking off 2024. I just went to Montana, and I'm heading even further into the back Northwest, Vancouver, uh, is sold out. Seattle, we have a few seats left in the third show in Seattle. I'm going to Walla Walla, which is sold out. That's going to be something I'm very, very excited and curious to see what happens. Uh, and then Portland, Oregon, which is sold out. But there are a handful of shows that I'm doing coming up that aren't sold out yet. St. Petersburg, Florida, Jacksonville, Florida, Orlando, Florida, and Miami, all in February. Uh, the next stops on Please Stop the Ride will be Aspen, Colorado. It's a gorgeous little theater. Gorgeous, like 500-seat theater. Similarly, in Beaver Creek, Colorado, like a small theater. Fort Collins is sold out. Denver is sold out. But the key thing is, I've just added a bunch of new shows. Um, this is one that's years in the making. Tulsa, Oklahoma. This is one that when the brilliant Sterling Harjo was on, urged me to come to Tulsa. It's such a cool town. People have been telling me for years, I gotta come to Tulsa. It is my first time performing in Tulsa. I'm at the Tulsa Performing Arts Center, which is gorgeous. Chicago, we just added a second show at the Chicago Theater, one of my favorite theaters in the world. It is is a marvel of a theater. Uh, Another one we added is a second show in Troy, New York at Troy Savings Bank Music Hall. Another place, years ago, I played with Chris Gethard there, and we just was, were marveling at how beautiful a theater that is. I just added another show in Toronto. It is a third show in Toronto at the Elgin Theater, which is a gorgeous, gorgeous spot. The same in Charlotte, North Carolina, the Knight Theater, which is awesome. The same uh, in Washington, D.C., a third show at the Warner Theater in June. I also added Niagara Falls, right near where my, uh, my, my grandparents lived and uh, Niagara Falls, Ontario at the Falls View Casino in June. In July, if you happen to be in New York or near the Hamptons, I will be at a gorgeous little theater called the Bay Street Theater in Sag Harbor, New York. It is awesome. I've done a bunch of shows there before. It is like one of my favorite places to do shows. And so we have two shows, Friday and Saturday, July 26th and 27th. All of this is on Burbigs.com. Join the mailing list. But today we have Rosebud Baker on the show. We're thrilled to have her. She's a great comic and writer. We talk about writing for SNL. We talk about writing for Michael Che's show, That Damn Michael Che. We talk about how Rosebud recorded a new stand-up set on Netflix uh, while she was pregnant. We talk about that. We had a great conversation. I think you're going to love this one. Enjoy my chat with the great Rosebud Baker. You're having like a crazy good run right now in your career. Like yeah. between all the stuff you've done with Amy Schumer and SNL and Michael Che and the special you just did on Netflix, like you and you just had a baby. Yeah. Are you like overwhelmed? Like what the hell's going <laughs> yes, on? Yes, I'm in hell. 
It's a lot of like, stuff. I mean, I'm really grateful. I'm like, I'm, I feel like I'm having a lucky streak and I feel like I got a lot of stuff kind of, uh, a lot of, what is it? Irons on the fire yeah, or whatever. Sure. Like in before the baby came. So it was like, I found out I was pregnant and I like immediately went into like, okay, what do I have to do to like keep things rolling after the baby gets here so yeah. that I don't end up um, experiencing that thing that I knew I would experience and I am experiencing, but um, because I love what I do. Yeah. So there's this thing that happens, and I'm sure you've experienced it, where like when you have a kid, you're like, is this my life forever now? Am right. I going to like die? <laughs> And the answer is yes to both. Yes. <laughs> yes. Is this my life forever? Yes. Yes. Am I going to die? Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And and so I'm like <laughs> experiencing that while working. And it's this, it's like looking for the funny in something that is truly like the least funny. I mean, it's funny, but while you're in it, it's, there's nothing funny about it. Like you're just Absolutely. kind of- you're in a dream state. You don't know what's going on. Right. Like on Instagram, you had, um, you wrote, I cannot, <laughs> <laughs> this is great. I cannot adequately describe how dark it is to be crying on your kitchen floor because your pelvis is shattered and your feet are full of water, but also be like, oh, fuck, I have to upload a crowd work clip. <laughs> is that, that's a riot. Like, is that, do you bring that onto the stage? I haven't yet. I th I think, I mean, I've tried to like explain to people what this feels like, and I I still am figuring it out myself. So, I, you know, I'm trying to, but I don't know if it's working. And it also feels in exceedingly boring to talk to other people about. Like that's the thing that's I'm coming up against on stage. Yeah. Did you feel like that at all? Where like. You're like trying to describe what it feels like to have a kid and and you're you're just talking about like diapers and shit like that when and I just feel like people are looking at me like <laughs> shut up. <laughs> like please shut, shut up. up. <laughs> yeah. No, I of course they are. Yeah. Especially like at a comedy club where they're like relatively young yes. and they're just like I don't want to think about this. Yeah. They're like, I'm not curious about I'm not curious. <laughs> this. I don't want to know about it. Like, no, of course. It's so isolating in that way. But I'm kind of like feeling that yeah. more so than the, let me find material about this. Like the thing that's so interesting to me about it is like every time I go on stage, I have a full identity crisis afterwards. Yeah. And I don't want to talk to parents either because parents that aren't comics don't... <sighs> really get it. I mean, if if you meet a parent who really loved their job before, yeah. then that's that's similar, but like I there's some kind of div, there's a divide between me and my friends that have kids that don't do comedy. No, I get that. Where they're just like this isn't it amazing and beautiful and I'm like, yeah, kind of. <laughs> like it has its moments, yes, but also this I weren't you scared like I describe the first year of Una's life as like she's like a bag of rice, <laughs> like an animated bag of rice. Yes. And you just got to make sure that she's still animated. Yes. Sometimes you're like, she's not animated. Right. You're like, no, she's sleeping. That's sleeping. Yeah. But it's like. <laughs> yes. But it really is. It, but then some people don't have that experience. Like Jenny, Jenny's experience was not that. Like that mm -hmm. was my experience, whatever. But yeah, it's such a specific thing. And I think like when I wrote about it, in the new one, uh, which was my last special, it was all, I wrote as much as possible. I would perform like at colleges, yeah, so that it would put weights on my feet to oh be my like, God. how do I make this funny to people oh who God. have no relationship with this? Yeah, and a lot of it had to do with like I created like a metaphor in that show about how like you know. How like it's about stability and like and like ritual and I talk about like my couch like I love my couch and and then you know uh, and that became like the entry point at the beginning of the show for like where people 
understand what I'm talking about. And then it, it's all about like, you know, ch- the show became about like change in life, like massive life change. Yeah. And for me, it was having a baby. For you, it might have been whatever else um, in the audience. Certainly college students, not a lot of them have had kids. So it's like they're putting on themselves like what that is. Because you don't want to be, I think the reason why audiences recoil at it, at kid stuff, is that they're like, oh, is this going to be an hour on your kid? Right. And there's like nothing worse than in real life a person being like, let me show you a picture of my kid. Right. Yeah. No, I mean, I have, there's one thing that I feel like has been working on stage where I talk about how it having a kid is like going to space and you come back and you're like, I've been to space. And <laughs> yeah, you're like, yeah. look at this, look. And they're like, yeah, I've seen pictures of space. <laughs> and you're like, no, but it's my, it's my trip to space. You know, and they just don't, they don't give a fuck. They're like, I could Google a picture of space. It's my picture of space. Yeah. So there's, but it is this kind of like, I don't know. You're like, look at the stars. Yeah. That's a real star. Right. No, no, I know. I've seen pictures of stars. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) They don't care. Hold on, hold on. That's a cloud. (laughs) You wouldn't think it. Yeah, have you seen, have you seen this kind of cloud? (laughs) Have you? Yeah, it is this kind of like um, weird thing where I just like, I am so, so glad that she's here. Yeah. And at the same time, I'm like, have I made a horrible mistake? Yeah, I get that. Yeah. <laughs> it's so dark. <laughs> you have, But you haven't. You haven't. Yeah, no, I don't feel like I have because when I think back about where I was at with my life before, which was awesome. Yeah. I did whatever I wanted. Yeah. I, my, my time was my own. I could do anything. Yeah. I go, um, and I was still bored. <laughs> yes. I was really bored. I was like, I love my life. Everything's great. Yeah. And there's got to be more to it than this. Right. You know? But I think like one of the things that's positive that's happened in the last decade is like like on your Netflix special, you're pregnant. Allie was, Allie Wong was pregnant. I think Schumer was pregnant in one of mm-hmm. hers. Like, like that's new, mm-hmm. which is great. Yeah. So baby steps, I guess. No, yeah. No pun intended. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's huge. I mean, it's it's still at the place where people go, oh, um, you know, I think I got like one or two comments that were like, oh, are you going to do the Ali Wong thing? And I'm like, it's not a fucking it's shtick. It's not a thing. <laughs> it's not a shtick. Do you know what I mean? It's like, it's a thing that happens to us. So it's like, there's still that. But, you know, Allie patented being pregnant. Yeah, I know, I know. That's that was an amazing patent. <laughs> yeah. She has made She's so the first much money on and that. Only female comic yes. to ever be pregnant. Yes. That's the thing that and even I was thinking that. I like yeah. I was doing that to myself going into it, where I was like, Oh, great, I'm gonna do the pregnant thing, you know? And it's like it's not a thing. It's not a thing. <laughs> it's not a thing. It's not a thing. You know? So the I the goal is that so many people do it that it's not it's even not, discussed as like whatever. Exactly. That's just what life is. Exactly. You can compare it to any number of life experiences, but it's an ex- it's extreme. Yeah. It's an extreme life experience. Yeah. And so if you I feel like if you go into the mouth of the lion of how extreme it is, which I feel like you're doing so far. Right. Like that'll be good. I mean, like even like the when you lift up your your outfit and you show the belt in your special, what is it called? Like an ADR belt? It's or like a, a it's a belly band, <laughs> and there was a um, I don't know what the bottom part of it was called. It was like two. I had to buy like three different belts and wear all of them. So basically, for the listeners who haven't, if you haven't seen this Netflix verified comedy special, Rosebud is. Uh, one of the Dulce and a handful of other yeah, comics. Yeah, There was a bunch of comics. Yes, a bunch of it. comics were yeah. on it. And um, and in the middle of your set, you go, you be, how, how, can I describe it as the baby was too heavy? Yeah. So it was, I had something called SPD, which I still can't pronounce. I don't know how to say it. Um but basically, the ligaments in your pelvis loosen because of the hormones, and the weight of my baby was heavy enough that it actually caused my pelvis to split. So um, basically, the doctor was like, you can wear this belt, and it will tape your pelvis together, essentially. Wow. Like, it'll, like, hold your pelvis together. And just by the end of my pregnancy, I couldn't walk. So oh my gosh. I was like, 
eight and a half months pregnant and I could get to the stage yeah. and I could get off the stage, yeah. but I just immediately had to lie down like from the time that I got to the venue to the time that I like left. Like wow. it was just, it was so painful to stand. I, I mean, I got to hand it to you. It's like the amount of people who would not have done that <laughs> is many. Well, yeah. I mean, they probably respect themselves. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's like, that's so hard. You could have not gone. I could have not gone. Yeah. No, I, I love that you did. I keep looking back and going like, mm, did I have to do that? You know? Yeah. But I think that I, the other option was like sitting at home on the couch and just thinking about being pregnant. Yeah. Which was awful. Like right, that's, an, that's an awful um, option. Well, right. Because as comedians, we're, called, we're all just in our heads anyway. Yeah. And so you're you're probably going to think about the worst possible outcome. Right. I mean, I look at how much I worked during my pregnancy and I'm like, oh, that was all just because I couldn't just sit there and like think about what was – I couldn't just sit there Googling my symptoms all yeah. day. Like that's what I would have done. Yeah. You know. Do you have advice for anyone who's attempting to do what you did? Which is like have a baby while at the same time pursuing like like being a performer. Yeah, I mean, just do it. Just keep doing it. I guess like the one thing that I really think I did right during my pregnancy was I trusted my own opinion. Like I didn't want to breastfeed, and I knew that I just didn't want to do that. Yeah, and um. Part of it was a little bit of like a fuck you to society because I felt so much pressure to do it. And there's all this shit about like how if you if you breastfeed, you won't get cancer. And it's, I'm like, that is basically fear mongering on, on a different level in a different like around a back door. So I just and I knew I had to go back to work and I wasn't going to like stop in the middle of a sketch to go pump. I'm just right, not. Right. So I knew that that wasn't for me. And I didn't feel regret about it. I didn't feel like I, – I just knew that I wanted to do that. So right. I feel like for any woman who's pregnant, whether they're a performer or not, like if you have an opinion about something, if you know that you don't want to do something, that's fine. Yeah. Just don't do it. Yeah. Like that's – that would be my advice is just trust your own opinion. Support for Working Out comes from Aura Frames. We all love taking photos on our phones, right? But there's so many of them. Hundreds, thousands, tens of thousands of photos wasting away in your camera roll. Stop scrolling through so many photos. Start putting them to good use with a unique, stylish, digital picture frame from Aura Frames. I got one of them right by my bedside. It's like a slideshow of photos that I really like from my, of my family that sort of scrolls through on this little frame, this little picture frame. I love it. Free unlimited storage. You can add unlimited photos and videos. Invite as many people as you want to a frame. There are absolutely no hidden fees or subscriptions, and it's private. You have complete control over who has access to your frame. Right now, you can save on the perfect gift that keeps on giving by visiting AuraFrames.com. For a limited time, listeners can get $20 off their best-selling frame with code WIO. That's A-U-R-A frames.com, code W-I-O. Terms and conditions apply. Support for Working It Out comes from Viore. Viore is a clothing company that draws inspiration from the coastal California lifestyle. I was thrilled that they were willing to be a sponsor because I could just talk about how soft and comfortable their clothing is all the time. I mean, I'll read the stuff they told me to say. It's uh, It inspires others to live vibrant, healthy lives. Yeah, sure. Yeah, it does that. But also, my experience is it's very, very comfortable. Viore offsets 100% of their carbon footprint. And since 2019... They've also offset 100% of their plastic footprint. Viore is an investment in your happiness. For our listeners, they're offering 20% off. Ooh, that's good. Your first purchase. Get yourself some of the most comfortable, versatile clothing on the planet at viore.com slash burbigs. That's viore.com slash burbigs. Not only will you receive 20% off your first purchase, but enjoy free shipping. What? Free shipping. 
on any U.S. orders over 75 bucks and free returns. That's viore.com slash burbigs. Discover the versatility of Viore clothing. I just started watching that damn Michael J. Oh, yeah? Because I didn't have Max before, and I yeah. that's where it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you two seasons, right? Yeah. And did you write them both seasons? Mm-hmm. That show's brilliant. I love that show, yeah. It's one of my favorite. It's one of the shows that I have worked on that I'm most proud of. Like, it seems, like, groundbreaking I know. to me. Same. Like, the, I mean— there's this episode about his, his friend getting shot yeah, and refusing to take an ambulance, a ca- trying to take a cab to the emergency room, and it's like <laughs> right. devastatingly yeah. like real, but also funny, but also dramatic. Yeah, like, and then like, but also with tons of jokes mm-hmm. and like dark. But I don't know, like the cha- w- okay when you're pitching at SNL versus when you're pitching at like that damn Michael J show. Mm-hmm. How different are those two experiences? Completely, completely different. Like almost opposite. Like with SNL, you first of all, time is limited. So you go into a room and you go like, "This, this is the idea." Okay, somebody's like, you know, um, a guy gets a pig heart, right? And and then that's the sketch. Okay, he's just had a pig heart in like. surgically implanted and that and you know and then you have a couple moves yeah right um with che if this what else kind of like if the pig heart then beat two beat three beat right you know four with che somebody walks into the room and goes hey i was reading the in the times this morning that this happened and then somebody else would go oh i just read an article in the times about how a guy got a pig heart implanted in his chest and then We'd go, wait. And then somebody would go, that's crazy. He's got to be dead. And then somebody else goes, obviously, he's dead. And then we'd, we would find a way to build a sketch around that idea. But it was all so conversational. Oh, interesting. That it wasn't like, hey, I have this, I have this pitch. What do you think about this? We would just sit down as comics and start talking. Yeah. And somebody would say something that felt like a sketch. Yeah. And then the sketch would come out of that. And it was like one or two people would write that sketch. But the whole room came up with the sketch and the moves for it. And would we would all, it was all just riffing. Yeah. Yeah. So it all felt really organic. Here's the thing I'll say about that show that is a marvel to me. It's so vulnerable. Yeah. Like, particularly when he has the dating episode. Mm-hmm. And in the first, like, scene, he's, like, with a woman out on a date. And he yeah. says a few lines that are witty. Yeah. And then the last scene, it's someone else. And he says the same lines. Yeah. And it has this kind of, like, it's like a cinematic experience of, like, what is, I mean, look, it, it, it's that damn Michael Chase show. It's like, it's him. Yeah. And he can't say it's not him. Yeah. And it's like very vulnerable. I know. Yeah. And I think that that was something that over the seasons got be- better and better. Like, I think that he got, um, I mean, we only had two. Yeah. But I was like, I think he resisted it a little bit, but I think he was willing to go, okay, yeah, I've, if it's my show, I got to like say what I'm kind of like, going through and dealing with, and, yeah. you know. And I think that that came from, uh, he had women in the room, the, in the writer's room, and all of us were like, well, you're alone because this, we were more than happy to be like, this oh. is why you're alone. Oh, you my know? God, that's so good. <laughs> you know? And he'd be like, what? But, <laughs> but, he'd be, but you know, Che's always like, what? And then he'd be like, yeah, you're right. You're not, you're not wrong. What? You know? So he was like willing to go for it. Oh, that's great. It makes me so happy that that was the process. Yeah. I wish more of the writer's rooms that I've been in had, had that kind of process because it felt so much. It, and I don't know why we don't because it's the most natural way to like – build something together. It's how comics interact. It's we sit around a table, we shoot the shit, we we end up somewhere and there's and because all of us are like programmed to think what's the bit. Yeah. You get there. 
And you get there so much easier than if you're like, all right, I got to come up with a sketch and this is what, all right, so he, if I go into this room and I have all the moves planned out and then it's already built and there's no camaraderie. Well, you know? it's like it's it's more like college improv, honestly. Yeah, it's more like a bunch of best friends just being like, "What about this? What about this? What about this? Let's yeah. have breakfast." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Let's have dinner and breakfast and I lunch. I know. And dinner again. <laughs> I know, and it feels so good. I love that feeling. Yeah, more than I I think anything. Like I yeah. Season three, come on. I know. Who does he does he decide or HBO decide? Who decided that, that wasn't a season three? I, I think that I think it was probably like Max got sold or Max they were ending oh, right. Max and then somebody new comes in and you know how it is like right it's always like a network exec turns over and then somebody else those guys are hilarious by the way I know those exact oh <laughs> who how is that not a category at new faces I know. new executives I know Montreal new executives. <laughs> Oh my God, Zaslav's right. killing! Yeah, what did you? Uh, what what masterpiece did you throw out the window to put <laughs> your stamp on it? Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> the okay, so these are slow round questions. Do you have uh, nicknames in your life that you were go- particularly good or bad? Nicknames in my life that were particularly. Um, my mom calls me Rosalby. I like that. I like that. That's a good one. That's a fun one. Rosalby. Yeah. I don't even know how she came up with that. I like it. It feels like she stuttered while saying my name. Yeah. And then just stuck with it. That's, That's very, what I like about it. That's very warm. Is your mom warm? Yes. Because you allude to the fear of being cold as a mother. Yes. My mom is very warm. But you, but you, but you have a fear of being cold. Because I'm my father. Oh, interesting. I am 100% my dad. Okay. And my dad is cold. Oh. Now, it took me probably until I turned 30 to really enjoy that. Like, to really, like, sit and watch my dad. Like, I asked my dad what he wants to be called, like, for my daughter. Yeah. I was like, what do you want her to call you? Like, grandpa, um, whatever you want. Yeah. Um. He goes, uh, she can call me Mr. Baker. <laughs> I was like, all right, Mr. Mr. Baker it is. Baker. Yeah. Come on. Yes. He That's wants be... my daughter to call him Mr. No, Baker. Absolutely not Mr. And then, Baker. And then he was like, I was like, all right, fine. You know what? That's perfect. I was like, that is perfect because that is who you are. And also I had to call my grandfather Chief, which was his job title. Because he was- He was chief of staff. Chief of staff for the Reagan presidency. Yes. Yeah. So your, your grandfather was chief speaker? <laughs> Who's chief of staff for Ronald Reagan? You had to call him chief? <laughs> they wanted us all to call him chief. No way. I swear to God. That's you didn't why call him grandpa? You called him chief? I called him Cheech. Cheech? Which was my Cheech? attempt at chief. Oh, okay, okay. Because okay. I was too little to understand or how to, how to say- I mean, this is madness. I know. No wonder you're a comedian. <laughs> of course you're a comedian. This is madness. None of this makes sense. I know. <laughs> so Mr. Baker and I mean that I mean, sorry, I'm just sitting in that because I'm just like, that's a that's sort of a marvel of a thing. Right. But but you're saying you've come to appreciate him over the years, his coldness as a thing that you enjoy. Yes. Why? Because it's funny. Oh, you just think it's funny? Because it's really funny. And you think and you, the way that you're funny. Yes. Right, right, right. Yeah. I mean, it took me so long to understand that, A, I am my dad. Right. And uh, once I realized that, then I was like, oh, he's easy to like. <laughs> That's so funny. Now that I understand. He's easy to like. That That's your takeaway. Somehow that's your takeaway. Yeah, Yeah, it just happens that now I completely understand everything, everywhere he's coming from. Let's unpack that. Mm -hmm. He's easy to like, but also challenging. Also, yeah, he was challenging my whole life. Yeah. And now I... There, I had like a glimpse of it in my 20s Yeah, when I had just quit drinking and my dad came to pick me up from the bus station and he had clearly been drinking. Yeah. And I was like, 
I had taken a bus in. I hadn't talked to him in like a year and a half because we had a couple of times during my life where I was like, I'm just not going to talk to him. We didn't talk for like a year, two years. And this was one of those times. This may have been the first time where I was like, I'm just not going to talk to my dad for yeah. a while. Um, I get to, I, I go to visit him and I've been sober about two years. He comes, he's like clearly been drinking and he's driving. And I was like, Dad, you, this is the whole time I'm like, you shouldn't. I was furious. I was so mad. And he decides, let's pull over and let's get you some food while we're here. So I'm standing in the aisle of um, some Safeway or something. And I asked him if I could get agave. And he was like, what the fuck is agave? <laughs> and I was like, it's it's just sugar. It's dad, it's sugar or something. And he was like, um, he said something like agave or something. <laughs> he like basically was like. He made agave yeah, into a slur. Yes, he made, agave, oh, yeah. <laughs> he made agave into a slur. It's a feat of madness. Right. And I was like, okay. <laughs> I was like, um, I was like, you know, you're like the worst dad. I think I said you're the worst dad. And then he looks back at me and he was like, I'm your only dad. Ooh. And I, it was literally a moment where I saw the humor in it because I was like, you are. Yeah. You're the only one. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't get another one. Yeah. And I kind of was able to like laugh at myself and laugh at him. Yeah. And both of our just extreme misunderstanding of one another. Yeah. And that was like the first time I got a little glimpse of it. And ever since then, every time I have let my father down or my father has let me down, to me, it's like this massive like comedy of errors where it's just like, oh, God just mismatched like our expectations of each other. Yeah. And, and there's something to me that's so funny about two people that want something from one another that they're never going to get. Yes. And also their expectations being based in the fact that they are two different versions of the same character structure. Yeah. yeah. Like, to me, it's very funny that we are just... <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're stuck together. I have the same thing. Like my, you know, the old man in the pool, which we were talking about earlier. Yeah. I talk about how my parents don't say, I love you. Yeah. And then, like, my daughter forced me to call my parents and tell them I love them. Yeah. Because of the special coming out. Yeah. And I did. And then my mom said, I love you too. And, and then <laughs> she said, Vinny, do you have anything to say? And he goes, it's a little syrupy. <laughs> but, then, but then. It's but, amazing. Isn't it amazing? Yes. But that's, that's that, what you're, it, the only reason I bring it up is that Jen, my wife, was like, that's his way of saying I love you. Yeah. Is say, making a joke about it. Yeah. yeah. So. I mean, I, my expectations of my dad were, okay, so I watched your special with him, but my dad truly, like, is the worst person to watch a comedy special with because any line he likes, he'll repeat and giggle to himself. Oh, wow. He's like, pizza and plaza. Like, he's just dying. <laughs> And then you get to the part where you talk about how your dad doesn't say I love you or your mom doesn't say I love you. And I look over and I swear to God my dad was snoring. And I oh my God. <laughs> and I I I was like, of course. I was like the whole time I'm watching and I'm going like, oh my God, there's gonna be a moment where my dad finally gets to see like what this is really about. And I look over and he's fucking sleeping. And I'm like, well, of course. Of course he's sleeping. Can't take it. It's just the constant, you're always left, left hanging. Yeah. You know what I mean? And there's nothing funnier than a dynamic that never changes. It's yeah. like, that's every sitcom character. Yeah. Wow. Okay. <laughs> um, can you remember a scene or like a moment in your life that changed your, uh, everything about your life? And at the time you didn't really know. Um, I, I, the only thing that I could think of is when my sister died. Mm. But I, I think I knew at that time. I'm trying to think of like. Did it, did it change just your entire perspective of life and existence? Yes. Yeah. 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 A hundred percent. I think like when you experience a death that it's a lot like 
experiencing the birth of a child. Right. So that would be the thing that, and I knew that it would, but I didn't know that it already had. You know what I mean? At the time. You mean your sister dying? Yeah. Oh, interesting. I remember being like, oh my God, this is going to change everything. But it was like, I was scared that it was going to change everything. I didn't acknowledge that it already had changed everything. Right. Like it happens instantly. Oh, interesting. And I think in a way that does influence comedy for sure, because so much of comedy is like existential. At least for me, there's like an existential uh, element to it. So I don't know anyone for whom that's not true. Yeah. And the only people I can think of are like not great. Yeah, they're like birthday clowns. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Um, did it did it make you more ambitious? Like, it, did it make you, like, seize the day? Kind of like, I need to do things now. I think need to live mm. a fuller life. No, but it but it made me want to turn off the lights for a while. Mm. You know, it, it was a long, it was a, more of a long game. So if, like, it happened and I was like, I, ha- I can't feel any of this for a long time. And then... Once that kind of ran out, once like the alcohol and shit stopped working, yeah. then all of a sudden the lights were on. And I was like, oh, now I have all of this energy, this like addict manic energy, and I don't know what to do with it. Right. And so all of it started to kind of percolate in a creative way. Hey, friends. This is a little shout-out to my cats, Precious and Mr. Mustache. <laughs> this ad is, is for them. Those are my two cats. I love my pets. I know you love your pets, too. And today's episode is sponsored by the ASPCA Pet Health Insurance Program. They offer customizable accident and illness plans, making it easier for pet parents like you and me to help your pet get the care they may need. The ASPCA Pet Health Insurance Program has been around for over 18 years, and they've helped more than 600,000 pets during that time. They allow you to customize your plan, ensure that your pet's plan is as unique as they are, because vet bills can really add up, especially when you're least expecting it. It's simple. Use their app to submit a claim and you'll receive reimbursement for eligible vet bills directly into your bank account. To explore coverage, visit ASPCAPetInsurance.com slash WIO for working it out. That's ASPCAPetInsurance.com slash WIO. Again, that's ASPCAPetInsurance.com slash WIO. This is a paid advertisement. Insurance is underwritten by either Independence American Insurance Company or United States Fire Insurance Company and produced by PTZ Insurance Agency Limited. The ASPCA is not an insurer and is not engaged in the business of insurance. Working It Out is supported by Squarespace. Squarespace is an all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. You can upload video content, organize your video library, and showcase your content. On beautiful video pages, you can even access your video library by adding a paywall to your content. My God, Squarespace is keeping up with the times. They're the forerunners of the industry. They're way ahead of us and right with us. I made up that slogan. I should point out that this is an ad for Squarespace, but I love Squarespace. Our website for Thank God for Jokes was Squarespace. Our website for Stand Up and Vote was Squarespace. Couldn't recommend it more highly. We use it all the time. Go to squarespace.com for a free trial, and when you're ready to launch, head to squarespace.com slash burbigs, B-I-R-B-I-G-S, to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com slash burbigs to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Do you have any new jokes, half premises, half things that you're working on? I have a couple things that I've jotted down that I was doing this weekend. Why don't you go first? Okay. Um, We, this is a, 100% 100% half-baked idea, but I'm like I've been going into a lot of stuff on stage of free associating on things I didn't understand growing up. Yeah. And thinking 
that my parents understood these things. And then now I'm a 45-year-old dad, and I'm like, oh, I have no idea what these things are. <laughs> and so I have to teach my daughter, and I'm like, I don't know. But it, but anyway, it's, I've been just trying to, like, riff on this idea of, like, of, like, the amount of things that I didn't understand. And, like, I still don't. Like, I went, I Una hurt her foot, and we took her for an X-ray, and she says, Dad, what's an X-ray? And I was like, well, <laughs> you know, I'm like, I know what the outcome is. Right. Like, I know that at the end, at there's the end, an image you get a picture of, of your, your bones. bones. But I don't really know what happens in between. I know that everyone in in the room wears a lead suit, except and, you. And also, you are the only one left in the room. Everybody, they put you in a lead suit, and then they run out of the room. Oh, I know. So that's the part that's scariest. Right. And at some point, I and what I realized is I at some point I did understand roughly what an X-ray was. I've probably read about it maybe twenty years ago. And what I've what I found about knowledge is that uh, with age it does not ripen. <laughs> you don't go from That's like so half true. understanding things to being like, I'll tell you a few things about radiology. <laughs> yeah, you get wiser, but you all but you do get dumber. Is that, oh, that's a good way to put it. Yeah, wiser. Let me write that down. Yeah. Wiser but dumber. Yeah. Because that that's what it is. It's like Or wiser but not smarter. Yeah. Is kind of the way to wiser but but less smart. Yeah. Um I think dumb is a curse word at my daughter's school, but <laughs> not, I swear to God. I swear to God. You can't say stupid, you can't say dumb. It's like it's, anyway. <laughs> I think um She has a whole list of words she can't say, and then when she when my wife and I say the words, she gets Angry, really? angry at us. Yeah, it's a whole thing. If Minnow brings home a list five years from now from school, I feel like my inclination will be to shred it in my front God. of her. Oh, my God. First of all, I, you should be roasted for calling your child Minnow for, like, I know. weeks. I know. For weeks in a row. I know. I know. <laughs> but she. But it's a family name. <laughs> Everybody's like, why did you call her Minnow? I'm like, it's a family name. It's my aunt's name. So I'm like, every time I'm like, it's not after the fish. It's after my aunt. You saying it's not after the fish <laughs> is a cry for help? <laughs> well, it's too late, Mike. It's too late. She That's her name. Her middle name's Baker. So we can't switch to that. We can't just call her Baker. So do you think she's going to start get, being mocked by other children at age two or three? I feel like I went, I, here's the thing. I went around the room at SNL and I was like, who, I was like, if I name my kid Minnow. <laughs> oh my God, Jesus Christ. I was like, tell me what you would, tell me what you would come up with like yes. give me some give yes. me some nicknames that you would come up with and they were like i don't know like fish sticks and i was like that's not that bad not that bad i was like i couldn't nobody could it's a room full of writers and i was like give me your best like i need you guys to make fun of the name and nobody gave me anything right so i was like not that bad it's not that bad right right, right. I, get, I get that i don't know all right do you have anything uh okay let me look let me see what I got here. Okay. Um, this is half an idea. It's not really. Sure. But I want to talk about how I I feel bad telling jokes now. Oh, yeah. That never happened before. Yeah. Like, I read an article about a guy who got a pig heart transplant, and he died, obviously. So I was going to write a joke about that, but then I was like, what if my daughter needs a pig heart? Oh, God. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like everything now is like, um, I just feel like a simp. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm like, there's something about, and I don't know if this is funny. I don't know if this is if it just ends up being like navel gazy and fucking nobody gives a shit. But how I like left behind like the coolest life to become like a simp for a for a baby that doesn't know she has hands. <laughs> like <laughs> That's really funny. Yeah, no, it's weird. Like, there is this kind of double life situation with being a comedian. Yeah. Which is you want to tell jokes that are pushing the envelope and, like, are crossing the line or close to the line. Yeah. But then, like, you have to be a—at a certain point, if you choose to be a grown-up and a parent— you're just like, 
okay, so I'm not going to say any of that stuff here. Right. With the parents. Yeah. But then I'm going to say it to a basement full of strangers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then I'm going to go back and I'm not going to tell gonna them pretend. that I said that. Yes, yes. And then I'm going to go tell what happened to the basement full of strangers. Yeah. And it's so weird. Right. Okay. I think that's the life of a comedian. It's like you can't actually say the things. And then it, you can't. And it's like you don't tell them that you said that you're saying these things, but then they watch it. No, like, I know. You know what I mean? No, then literally, I, may, I have a joke recently on stage where I say, like, these other dads are losers. Yeah. And I go, they're not like me. You know, and of course, the audience yeah. knows that I'm, they are like me. Right. But, um, and then I go, and don't tell them. I told you. And of course, the joke is like, eventually, they're just going to see they're gonna it. They're going to know. And uh, that is so funny. That I is, know. It's like, I don't know. Can I just say what you're really good at is like, you're making a map of things in your head that are all connected. And you're always seeing the connections between them. Oh. And I'm always like, God, that's so, I don't even think that's something that you can just like learn. I think that's something that your brain does. But I think yours does too. I think everybody's, everyone who's a comic is kind of doing that, I think, in a certain sense. Yeah. But I think that, you know, I'm a lunatic. Like, oh, look around me. It's like all these yeah. cars. Like, you know, I always think in relation to like, like everything being causal. So, like, I'll do, like, Gary was opening for me in DC last weekend and he was like, how come you took out such and such a joke? And I was like, because I couldn't pair it with other jokes. Right. You ever have that? Yes. I'm like, it, because it's a one off. Because it just exists on its own. Yeah. And until I have something to really segue into it, I th- there's no reason for it to be there. Yeah. I get, yeah, because it. That joke was, by the way, and I think it's a funny joke. It's like Una and I were watching tennis and um, like it was from a few years ago. It was, it, uh, it was like a documentary about tennis. And she goes, I hope Serena wins this match because she's black. <laughs> and I thought, I'm glad this didn't go the other way. <laughs> Right. I, I appreciate what's in your heart. Right. But maybe we'll keep that in the house. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. And I took it out because I just didn't have anything that's similar. Yeah. But it's a funny thing to occur, but it's right. a little bit in the category of kids say the darndest things. Right. Where it's like, unless you have a really good kids say the darndest things, there's really why don't no. you keep that kids say the darndest things to yourself? Yeah. 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 I feel like, um, that is that's tricky. There's so much of that that I'm running into right now where I'm just like and she doesn't even talk, but I'm just like talking about like how she she barfed down my tits and shit in my hand at the same time. Done. <laughs> Who needs a punchline? <laughs> but I was saying it's like a full like a full body like screenshot. Like Wait, bo- it's what? like a full body screenshot where you press both the buttons at the same time. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Have you done that on stage? I did That's it. So funny. I did it on Sherry Shepard like a week oh ago, God. and it worked. But I was like, that was the first time I'd said it. It's great. So I was like, okay, that's like fun. Can you unpack full body screenshot as an idea? Yeah, but I feel like it falls apart when I try to unpack it. Oh, really? Because if I it it's like you press two buttons. It's like the power buttons. Oh, yes. And it powers it off or, you know, it takes a screenshot. I don't know. Like, you know when you got, when you get a cheat code on a, on like a video game? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're like, A, B, A, B, right. Left, left, right, right. Barf down tits, shit in hand. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. That could work, yeah. That's really good. And then you get another life at the end. You could do just that part as a bit and literally free associate on stage about like, how she feels in that moment and how you feel at that moment. Yes. I think people would lose their mind laughing. Because yeah. it's so relatable. Because even if you didn't have a kid, like the the relatability of like everything always happens at the same time. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. That's something. Yeah. That's so unfair. It's so unfair. There's definitely, yes. Right. Okay. It's like, you know, when you you're going through a breakup and your best friend's getting married. It's like, it's not fair that that's happening at the same time. Right. Or it's like, it's almost like if it were raining and then it were snowing and then someone threw up on your tits. (laughs) 
I love that. I always love the comparison that's going a different direction and uses what actually happened as the punch. I love those jokes. The last thing is uh, working out for cause, which is what's an organization that you like to donate to that I will donate to, and then we'll link to them in the show notes. I always go for ASPCA. Oh, great. I always love the ASPCA. Great. So we will donate to the ASPCA. Um, we'll link to them in the show notes. Rosie, this is so fun. Congratulations Thank on you. it all. Thank you. And it's all, and just keep in mind, it's all going to work out. Yeah. Because I know, because I know very well. I know the answers to, I know where it's all going to go. You could be lying to my face right now and I would hold on to it like it was the most important thing to remember because I I truly, it's just hearing that from another comic who's a parent is like, that's everything. Working it out because it's not done. Working it out because there's no That's going to do it for another episode of Working It Out. I love talking to that Rosebud Baker Look out for all of her upcoming specials, her tours. I see she's going to Hawaii. You can follow her on Instagram or on TikTok at at Rosebud Baker. And you can watch the full video of this interview on our YouTube channel. We're up to 30,000 subscribers. You can't believe it. We just launched it this year. That's been really exciting. Check it out. Subscribe. We're going to be posting more videos soon. Go to burbigs.com and sign up for the mailing list and be, to be the first to know about my upcoming shows. Our producers of Working It Out are myself, along with Peter Salamone, Joseph Berbiglia, and Mabel Lewis, associate producer Gary Simons, sound mixed by Shub Sarin, supervising engineer Kate Belinsky. Special thanks to Jack Antonoff and Bleachers for their music. They just announced their albums coming out in March. The, the, the songs they've dropped so far are so good. Special thanks to my wife, the poet J-Hope Stein. Special thanks, as always, to our daughter Una, who built the original radio fort made of pillows. The legend lives on. Thanks most of all to you who are listening. If you enjoy the show, rate and review it on Apple Podcasts. Tell your friends. Tell your enemies. Look, it's 2024. Maybe you don't have enemies anymore. Maybe that's our maybe that's our New Year's resolution. No more enemies. All right, I'm going to be optimistic till next week. See you next time. <laughs>